Welcome to Spectre in the Fog, a homebrew Call of Cthulhu Chaosium game. Last time saw our investigators arrive at Oakfield Hospital to witness the aftermath of the creature's assault. Now a man down with Cicero down for the count, Doc Odd steps up to join the crew as their investigation now kicks into high gear after a clue found on a note. Heading to Shoreditch, what will our investigators find? And will this ultimately lead to the capture of Monroe? Let's listen now, find out. You uh, jump out of the carriages at the station and uh, Reed roughly knows where this street is. And the six of you, I don't say, I wouldn't say march off, but you sort of like walk off at a pace, but like you, you all look like you're really serious. And people on the streets are a bit like, well, what's going on here? They're sort of stepping out of your way um, as you walk with, walk with purpose to hopefully your final goal. Um, after about 10 minutes of walking, um, you come to a run-down tenement block on West Road. Um, the number on the door of the tenement block is 32, and inside will be flat 32A. On the steps outside is an old biddy, um, missing most of her teeth, her face black with uh, soot and grime. Uh, with a shawl over her shoulders, pulled tight, wearing a very, um, what at the time, uh, maybe 20, 30 years ago, would have been a really nice, expensive dress, but is now, you know, clearly um, probably been worn nearly every day since it's been bought. Uh, it's grimy. Um, you know, there's a little bit, there's, there's torn patches, bits have been sewn back on. Um, what would you like to do? I think we need to get her out of here, just in case this were to escalate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds good. I mean, we know what's about to go down. So, well, well you know what's about to go down. Yeah, Doc, you've got no idea what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Gentlemen, should, should we consider the possibility that she might, in fact, work for or be a lookout for Monroe? Um, can I do a... I don't know, what would that be like? Try and, like, psychology, maybe, to kind of figure her out? I mean, you could probably just talk to her. That's where we're going, I'm sure, yeah. No, just stare at her menacingly. <laughs> that's that's not that bad an idea. Just sort of look at her and see what she's looking at. Yeah. If she's looking up and down the street, sort of look, or keeping an eye out for something. Probably looking at the six people that are walking towards her. To I'm just going to go to her and just be like, Evening, last night. Uh, she looks up at you and goes, Hello, hello there, Sonny. Don't suppose you got you got a penny so I could go get myself something to drink. Uh, now, young lady, you wouldn't be <laughs> young lady. Uh, you wouldn't be out here soliciting, would you? As an officer of the law, it would be a uh, remiss of me to overlook such a thing. Such an old biddy with no teeth. Uh, she might be out here soliciting. <laughs> I mean, no teeth would be the advantage, wouldn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Uh, 
and that's when the podcast took a turn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got cancelled. Um, the the old the old biddy uh, chuckles and says under her breath, soliciting, and uh, looks up at you and just goes, "No, sir, I just want a penny for a drink. That's all." Oh, sorry. Just uh, just old habits. I tell you what, we can uh, probably uh, sort of rattle. Let's see, gonna get out my uh, my coin purse and give it a little shake. But perhaps you can help us out a little bit beforehand. We're having some uh, some trouble having a look around this area. Maybe she's suspicious. Suspicious? Oh, what, what do you mean suspicious, sir? Well, how long have you been out here? Um, can you uh, give me a persuade roll? Uh, let's see. Persuade. There we go. Oh, it's not great. It is not great. She uh, she looks up and down and goes, "You, you're on the job, then, son." Always on the job, madam. Always on the job for justice. Ah, I'd rather not have the penny for the drink if it's all the same to you. And then she uh, gets up and hobbles off down the street. Well, one way or the other, put some purse away. Job's done. Well, nailed it. <laughs> First time. Works fifty percent of the time. All the time. <laughs> well, um, if uh, if she's gone, we probably just go in now, no? Yeah, there's no front door. Uh, it's just a really old tenement block. It's you know, pretty much run down, falling to pieces. This is why I let Wolfie talk to ladies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that one would be all you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally believed in it. <laughs> You just never, you're never going to do that again. <laughs> Marcus doesn't flirt with women. He's just, he's just doing his job, but it didn't work. Completely and utterly oblivious for the most part. I think I he would be. Got, I should have got the doctor to do it with his, with his tight shirt. Yeah, he probably should have done. <laughs> um, yeah, shall we, uh, shall we go back in then? Uh, into this room or into this uh, block? Yeah, yeah, I think that's the next logical yeah. thing to do. Okay. Um, Reed gives uh, Adam a nod. Uh, Adam's a nod, and uh, Adams makes his way round the back of this building just to make sure no one goes out the back door. And then the five of you make your way up the steps and into the building. And about five six yards in, you come across uh, the door to thirty two A. As you try to open it, it appears to be locked. Um, what would you like to do? If only we had someone capable of getting through locked doors. I'm way ahead of you. <laughs> Crass is going to get out his explosives. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Do I believe it. the element of do surprise, it. maybe. More advantageous. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, your door exploding is pretty surprising. That's true. I'll give you that. More surprising than someone lockpicking it. I mean, to be honest, I'm almost expecting that. Oh! Oh my work. god, he's nice. done it! She actually oh. learned more about a 50! Hey! That's all of your luck done for the next 20 rolls right there. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to die in combat. Marcus doesn't even care that he might be in the prison give anymore. He's <laughs> just like, hey, nice job. So, uh, I'm pretty sure that... he failed often enough that you're convinced he's not now because no master criminal would be big Yeah, it's true. That said, though, the criminal given hasn't been uh, doing anything for a while, almost since we started this investigation. But who cares? 
<laughs> with that uh, crash that you um, like, like, like a drummer does with his drumsticks, like roll the um, the picks in your hand and literally just like throw them into a lock and just twist and turn. And then within a matter of seconds, it uh, clicks and the door swings open. And you are greeted with a um, a two-room flat that is very much like Munro's um, office back at the, the British Museum. Uh, there's books and paperwork everywhere. Uh, most surfaces are covered in, in, in books or some sort of literature. Um, what would you like to do? Well, I'm going to hold... I mean, I, I don't think actually I would be holding up my gun because I haven't been part of it. Um, so I'd probably just go in and have a little look around. See if there's anything that catches the eye. Okay. I absolutely have my gun raised. Yeah, I was about to say I'll have my gun. No, no way. No, I probably wouldn't. Yeah. No, I won't have mine out. Marcus Craster? Um... I will probably have my hand and my gun in my pocket mm -hmm. and be very carefully stowing my uh, lockpicking set. Uh, Mark's just preparing himself. He's got, um, got his menagerie of blunt objects. <laughs> I don't think he didn't pick up a gun, so he just went, went with it. I think Mark's used a gun. Yeah, well, 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 you like took Batman. The you, you were handed the gun, so it's up to you with what you do with it. You might just use it as a club. Yeah, he's got, he's got it. It's a last-minute thing, I guess. Uh, I'll say that he's not really too fond of shooting people, but if it's monster, he's not worried. Okay. Um, well, as you four enter the, the flat, uh, Reed steps in behind you and closes the door behind you and just just sort of, like, nods to, uh, to the group and uh, puts his finger up to his lips as if to sort of say, you know, quietly. And... Uh, you 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 gingerly make your way into the room, into the rooms. Um, as I say, as you look around, there is a lot of paperwork, a lot of books. Um, can you all do a spot hidden for me? Mm -hmm. Thirty-eight, three fifty. Oh yeah! Oh god! Oh my god! Okay, you know what? <laughs> Mine. Okay, hang on. We will forget it. Oh, thank God. Forget it. <laughs> forget this. Freaking 170 what? and 50. What's the critical failure of spot hit? Guys. I think, I think Crest has literally just gone blind. Yeah. <laughs> he gets yeah, the sun in his eyes. A book or has fallen on me. I've been knocked unconscious. <laughs> I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever seen or heard of a critical failure on spot hidden. Crashly, you're completely oblivious to literally everything. You're you're just. I think I should be spotting stuff that isn't actually there. Well, I'm fairly convinced that the mummy in that bookcase. I'm going to start shooting it. Yeah, that's the way we go. Well, uh, don't make it worse for yourself. Fortunately, uh, Wilfred uh, has always got his eyes peeled for what's going on. And Wilfred, you actually notice a black leather-bound padlocked book. Oh, fucking padlocked books. Yay! That's a break Um, What are you going to do? 
I'm going to point it out to the SWAT team. The SWAT team? And uh, sort of, uh, looks like we've got another padlocked book over there. Uh, Crash, they've still got those picks handy. Are you just like looking at a wall, just like, oh. He's just got his hands over his eyes, just kind of like walking into things. <laughs> I mean, he's like, Crash has probably just walked out of the room. Okay, well, we'll, we'll bring this to him. Um, don't I still have that key for the standard padlocks that I'm on right Oh, the chub chub key. I've got a chub key. Let's try the chub key. You actually want to go and un- un- unlock the book after seeing what happened to Cicero last time you looked at one of them? I'm not reading it. I think we just take it away. I said I'd unlock it. I never said I was going to read it. We could get Adams to read it. No, we can't. No. Adams is outside. He's, he's case. It's like, what? I, c- I can't translate this. What does it say? I can't read this handwriting and just, like, open the book. Just see if his face Um... Okay, I'm going to go over to the book. I'm not going to unlock it. Can I Can I appraise it to see if I can work out anything about it other than the fact that it's probably going to drive me insane? Yep. Doing the praise roll. Oh. Yeah, it's a nice. roll for five. You take a look at the book and uh, it looks horrifyingly similar to all the other grimoires that you've come across so far in your adventure. Um, and you know better than to actually unlock this and even look at the book. Like, look is it a chub lock? Um, it, it does appear to be a familiar lock, yes. I'm not going to do anything with it, I'm just going to like, look at it and nod and just make a note of the fact that we probably have a key for this. Okay. Um, oh, didn't tell that Momo would give us a fake key though. Wasn't a fake key because we saw him open the book with it. Can't have been a fake key. I thought we we asked for a copy and he'd given us like a dud. I think we just tried it on anything that wasn't a chub lock. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just tried it. It's like oh, there's a lock. We have a key. <laughs> <gasps> like every point and click game in history. Yeah. <laughs> right, try this item. Try this item. Yeah. Um. Marcus, Doc, where are you in these two rooms? I guess um, since I failed to look for all so well, I should be staying by the door, just keeping an eye out. Um, I feel like I would probably be looking around to see if I can um, pick out any of the books that might be relevant. Um, anything that might be uh, interesting. Okay. Um... Doc, can you do me a psychology roll? Okay. Not great, but... Uh, not pushing that. Yeah, 38 <clears throat> versus a 20. Um, you take a look around at some of the books and paperwork, like the names of the books that are in the room, trying to get a feel for the person that lives here, because you, you you still don't really know what you're there for. You're really just there to keep an eye on uh, Marcus and Krasner, um, mainly Marcus to make sure he doesn't like undo his wounds. Um, he like popped all the stitches flexing. <laughs> That's yeah. what he was doing when he was <laughs> the door. <laughs> but, um, but you can't seem to um, to pick anything out. 
as you're doing that, uh, Reed is walking around the room, flicking through some of the papers and the books, and he's like, there's, there's so much here. Where do we even begin? Ah. Um, uh, Wilfred, could you start over in that corner? And he points over to like the far corner where um, there appears to be a bed and a little table. Um, there seems to be some manuscripts over there. Do you mind having a look through those? Absolutely. Um, uh, uh, and Cresta, could you could you check the bookcases? Okay. Um, and uh, Reed Reed looks around and says, "Doctor, um, carry on what you're doing." Um, and uh, Marcus, could you could you also help? Uh, Cresta with the bookshelves, please, and, and I'll try and sort through some of this loose paperwork here. And he, as he says that, he just looks down with like a like a grimace on his face. He doesn't really want to go through all the paperwork, but he knows it's going to be a case of uh... yeah. All right. Uh, so let's see what we have a look at here. He's going to go ahead and uh, give him a hmm. Okay. Are you sure you don't want me to help you with that paperwork? Uh, Reed looks back to you and uh, says. No, no, it's, it's fine, Wilfred. Uh, please check underneath the bed, see if there's any diaries or ledgers or anything like that that, that might point us to where Monroe's gone. It doesn't look like he's been here for a little while. Um, and he's scratching his head. Um, as he says that, you all hear someone at the door. I thought the door was left open, no? Door's closed. Okay. Closed the door when you came okay. in. Okay. All right. Um, right. If if we're hearing somebody at the door, I'm going to like most of everybody to quickly go and hide. Isn't is, uh, isn't Adams outside though? Yeah, he's out the back. Oh, out the back. Okay. All right. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Everyone, just I'll get under the bed, I suppose. Cicero's shotgun at the ready. <laughs> Marcus hides behind the door? I'll be hiding as well, I guess. I'll just jo join the crowd. <laughs> we always had bundle behind the door. Very con very confused, still. Yes, we can hide under and a coat rack, probably stand behind. God. Yeah. yeah, there's all those sorts of things in there, like, you know, your generic sort of, like, hide-behind-stuff stuff. stuff. Scary um, movie, which you can see his feet under the curtain or behind the sofa. Um, as uh, as you do that, um, Marcus, you see that a note is flung underneath the door, like slip, you know, and pushes out into the little the little mini hallway, and then you hear footsteps walking away at pace, and there's a note just laying on the floor. What would you like to do? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab it. I'm going to have a look. Is there a window you can have a look out of? Uh, no, unfortunately, there's no windows. Um, oh, okay. Do we not want to get after whoever put the note down? Well, I want to see what the note says first. If it says, I'm going to kill you, then yes. If it says, don't come outside yet, it's dangerous, then no. Okay. Um, Marcus, you pick up the note, and uh, it's just a simple folded piece of paper. And as you unfold it, you 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 read note and what you glean from it is uh meeting 11 p.m rail yard and at the bottom it's signed h s 
Is that the same? That's not the same one that we had at the beginning, is it? That was B. Oh, that was, uh, oh yeah, it was B. Sorry, Beatrice. Yeah, Beatrice. That's the one. Beatrice. Oh crap! Damn, Harry Smith in his chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it looks like we're going to be attending that meeting. Is there any way to see if I can recognise this handwriting, or just we you know how your HS for? Yeah, you um, look at the handwriting, and there's nothing there that that you um, you don't recognise it at all. Hmm. What would you like What's to Reed do? been doing? Reed, uh, yeah. Reed has been uh, kneeling with his revolver out and and uh, ready, ready to maybe take a pop shot of whoever comes through the door. But he's now okay. uh, he's now standing up as he hears no one coming through the door. So uh, yeah, Marcus, what would you like to do with this information that you've now you've now gained? Yeah, no, I'll I'll, I'll tell the guys. I'll like go on over. Actually, we probably tell Reed as well. No, I don't. It's not. I don't trust Reed. I, I trust Reed. So I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical now. Of Reed? Yeah, just the way he was very keen to go and look at the paperwork on his own. Paperwork seems like a very good way of tracking what someone's doing. That's. I mean, he's a copper. That makes sense. So you mm. saying you want to do a psychology role on Mister Reed? I feel like we did that before. He was on the level, but I guess we could. Hmm. I don't know. It just kind of strikes me as a little bit weird. I mean, as, as Marcus, I'm, I'm inclined to trust other policemen, so if you guys don't feel... Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not sure. Like, Wilfred's sort of just a little bit kind of like, why would you not want help with that kind of thing? And the fact that he's the one assigning the roles and sort of sending everyone off to the corner of the rooms, corners of the room, mm. to leave him on his own to look through the big sheet of paperwork. What's, what's Reed's, um, what's Reed's um, position again? Is he higher up than Marcus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to Marcus, he's just like, well, the superior officer is telling me what to do. That's just the way it goes. But if you guys are feeling, you know, that's about it. My journey sense is tingling. <laughs> well, Marcus is going to show the guys to know anyway and be like, look, it's uh, you know, a HS. Gonna have a quick, gonna have a quick look outside. Just quickly, gonna see if I can see outside. Okay. Um, well, you li you leave HS brewing in the room, um, and uh, you open the door and you make your way out to the street. But uh, you can't see anyone. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to leave the room. I just want to like, get, like glance up and down the street. Oh, you, you, you'd have to. You'd have to go yeah, back out onto the street. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, can we find Adams and see if he's seen anyone? Yep, you'd have to go outside and, and walk around the yeah. back of the tenement block. Well, well, I'll go off with um, uh, what's his face? I've forgotten his name now. Uh, Marcus, that's the one. <laughs> wow. Wow, wow. Thanks. I drew a blank. I'm sorry. Wow. I mean, he's, the doctor hasn't even been part of our group yeah, for like I'm gonna, a couple of hours. I'm going to go okay. off with, with that guy. Um, <laughs> I don't and, even know uh, your patient's name. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. <laughs> Bedside attentive. man, I need some work. I'll go off with uh, Stabby McSlash and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> patient um, 27. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what. As you're doing that, just quickly, Marcus, what have you done with the note? Have you left it in the room, or have you taken it with you? Uh, no, I think I... I think I, told them, I said to the guys, I mean, I hate yes. Everyone said no, so I look outside. I've still got the note. Okay. Oh, uh, sorry, very quickly. Is there any kind of um, address book or anything like that around? Well, that, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. You need to... Oh, sorry. Yeah, um, you're looking for that sort of stuff. Um... 
legends and stuff. So you, um, we'll we'll go and see what Adams is up to, and then we'll cut back to uh, to to Wilfred and uh, Craster having a nose run shots. Okay, so Marcus and Doc Odd, you make your way outside onto the street, and then go down the side of the tenement block towards the back of the building where you see Adams just sort of like standing looking around um, keeping a lookout uh, he sees you approaching and he uh, he calls you over and he's like Marcus is everything alright? Uh, yeah yeah just uh, we were just wondering if you were alright thought we'd come and check up on you it's uh, you have to trust me when I say that it's not a good idea to wander off too much alone I'm sure you remember our friend Cicero he, uh, he caught them off of it oh I, I see um well, it's uh, pretty quiet, to be fair. Not, not a lot going on at all. Um, haven't seen anyone. Aye, aye. Maybe um, Anything interesting out here, then? No, not, not really. Uh, it's, it's a pretty sealed-off yard. It's, it's tell you what, it's not the sort of place I'd want to live. Yeah. All right, well, you give us uh, one more look around. The lad's now going to just uh, see if we can't ruffle anything up in this office. And maybe we'll meet you back out here in a bit. Okay, all right, uh, see you in a minute then. And he sort of like waves you off and then takes having a look around uh, very seriously and he's like poking his nose into bits and pieces. And as, we're, as we're heading back, I'm going to say to, to Doc, uh, listen Doc, we do appreciate you coming on with us, but just so you know, things do tend to get a little bit hairy in terms of investigation. Now, I can tell you're a man who is a uh, little stranger to a bit of hard craft, but... It may get a little weird. I'll just say that much for you. Oh, well, when you've been in the medical profession as long as I have, you've seen a lot of stuff that would make your uh, make your hair stand on end, so I think it'd be all right. But thanks thanks for the heads up. All right, well, put that another handle on, I guess. I'm going to take Doc back to the others. I'm not going to tell Reed about the note, because everyone's, everyone's giving me second thoughts now. Okay. Well, uh, we'll go to the others. But I've not um, revealed what my suspicions or anything in character or anything. It's just sort of my sort of personal okay. feelings about him. Wilfred hasn't sort of said I don't trust Reed, nothing like that. It's just sort of <laughs> just blurted my insight into what. Um, I mean, can Wilfred's I can thinking. can I what's like an insight check in this one? Talking to Reed, actually. You it would just be psychology. You just right. do a psychology role. I mean, like he's just looking around. Not doing a whole lot of like actual you know, policing stuff, so let's see. With an extreme success, eleven to sixteen. Okay, um, you can see. Um, no, Reed is in fact looking through the paperwork, trying to see if there's any names or or, or places, addresses. Um, you can see he has a stack of papers that that he seems to be sort of like organising into piles. Um, you you can only guess that the piles are sort of. Um, you know, leads, possible leads, rubbish sort of thing. Um, and he sees you looking over at him and he looks up and he goes, uh, everything all right, Sergeant? Yeah, actually, there is one thing. We we found this. I'm going to show him the note. Okay. And he, uh, he, he, he takes the note from your hand and has a look at it and goes... 
where did where did you find this? Was was this what the noise at the door was? Yeah, possibly. I'm not sure. Listen, does that name in a bell to you at all? HS, no. But if it was put through the door from Monroe, that means that Monroe is coming back here, or at least they think they that he's coming back here. Oh, I suppose they wouldn't know it'd be us if it was Monroe. I'd I'd had a guess, gentlemen, that maybe we've uh got here a bit too early. Uh and if there's a going to be a meeting at eleven, it may be worth us leaving the notes and making a move and being at this rail yard so we can catch Monroe and whoever he's dealing with red-handed. Just a quick question. When I heard the footsteps running away from the door, were they squelching? Um, no, they weren't running away from the door. They were just walking away. Walking away. So the like, like they, whoever it was didn't even know you were in there. They were just putting a note through the door. Because think about it now. The only H we know is Hamish. Yeah. Okay. It's true. Okay, I'm not going to tell the reading room. Maybe we should... I'm going to take that back. Maybe we should uh, pop back here a bit later on and see if we can't catch him in the act. Well, the note says rail yard. Uh, they can't we'll pop, pop there, but I think, yeah. Um, I suppose we could always stop into the uh, local police station and uh, and ask if they have any leads. Aye, good idea. Any local rail yards that might be known hotbeds of activity. Hmm. Sounds like a good idea to me, Sergeant. Uh, Wilfred, have you found anything underneath the bed? Uh, I don't know. Have I found anything underneath the bed? Well, could you please do me a spot hidden roll, please, Wilfred? <laughs> Absolutely, I can. 34 to 50. Okay, um, you're ferreting around underneath there, and uh, your hand brushes past something that you hope is just a stick. And uh, you come across uh, an old notebook that seems to have just been dropped underneath the bed. Okay. Cool. I'll pull that out and start perusing. Okay. Um... You uh, take out the notebook and you start flicking through, and there's bits and pieces in there from his uh, from from his younger days. Um, it seems like it's a notebook that he kept um, back when he was in Egypt and travelling around the Orient. And uh, you flick through and you get to a couple of dates, and you can see um, Cicero is uh, is mentioned by name in the in the book. Uh, okay. Sometimes, and, and, and some of the some of the crazy escapades they got up to, uh, like uh, when they when they uh, dropped into the cattle market and uh, were, were chased by a couple of uh, city guards with scimitars uh, for uh, stealing a loaf of bread. On a lot. And some bloomers. Different kind of bloomer. Bloomer bread. <laughs> hey, there, he gets no. it. He gets. I say, <laughs> gets it. Uh, this one still does that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant. What you know, <laughs> eating bread, but yeah. And uh, <clears throat> uh, that, that that brings a smile to your face. But uh, further into the book, there's a mention of a of a HS uh, towards the back of the book. Um, only only a brief mention. Uh, something along the lines of Met HS could be interesting question mark and then there's nothing else in the back of the book when was that dated that uh, 
little note? Uh, it appears to be somewhere from the 1870s. Oh, so ages ago. Okay. So well, whoever the tape test is, he's known him a while. Do you say where he met HS? Nope. There's just a mention of the name and that that line. Hmm. Well, looks like we'll be meeting HS tonight if things are alright. I think we should probably get out of here fast in case he does come back. Aye. Let's uh, grab everything we can that we, that's, uh, looks useful. Where's that book you found that you didn't want to look at? Uh, Craster pocket it. I mean, I would, I would just say out of character, if you're pocketing stuff, if Monroe does come back to his rooms and he sees that stuff's missing, he's going to know that someone's been there. Oh, true. Are we not going to look at this book? Fuck no. After, I'm not looking at it. I looked at I, the I, last I, two. I, you have no idea what's in there. Maybe we can convince the doctor to take a look at it. <laughs> well, go on, then. All right, I will ben. look at it if you can do a persuade role for it. Ben, like, you know, you, you, you've got no bearing on what the book is. So, you know, even though, even though as a player you've looked at one of these books before, you have no idea what it is. That no, is a successful person. Uh, you did right in there. Jesus. Ah, oh, why did I how, say how that? How do you convince him to read it? Doc, you're a man of medicine. This book looks like it may contain sort of intellectual words. Maybe you'd be the best one of us to read this and maybe make the most of it. Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> you know, how can I refuse? Um, uh, God, I'm going to regret it. But yeah, sure. Let's 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 read the book. Um, have we got? Are we going to try that key on it first? Well, you walk over to the book. Yeah. And uh, you take a look at it. And. Just straight away, something doesn't feel right about it. And you, uh, regardless of what what Wilfred says, you you know you don't want to open that book. Um, whatever text is, being a being a Latin reader, whatever text is written on the front of that book, you know it doesn't bode well. Um, in fact, you actually can do I, a can Latin I... roll for me because that yeah, I was just about to say, can I do a Latin roll? Um... I don't think it's going to pass, but... Eh. Not bad. Uh, Worth a try, I suppose. I mean, you take a look at it, and you... It looks like, um... Some form of, like, pigeon Latin. It's not... It's not, like, proper classical Latin that, that you understand. But you've... You look at it, and some of some of the... the, the one of the words on there um, says uh, something something along the lines of bound, and you just sort of like, I just don't, something about this doesn't feel right. You're getting a bad feeling off the book. I'm you're, not reading it. Your man of action sent kicking in, and you're like, no. I mean... Um, no, no, that's fair, you can back out. Yeah, I think um, even though he's a man of action, if this book is... Because he's, he's obviously seen his fair, fair share of books, you know, uh, being a man of medicine. Being a nerd. And, yeah, being a nerd. And, I mean, he's, 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 a, he's, a, he's a ripped nerd at that, I'd like to point out, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the fact that a book is having this effect on him, and he's, and it, he's, he's not going to 
it, I don't think. He's not going to want to. So I think we just say say to Wil, uh, Wilfred, well, this is not like any book I've ever seen. Um, it's got some sort of aura about it that um, that kind of chills me to my core. So I think it's best if we leave it and uh, go meet this uh, HS person. It's fine by me. Okay. Um, with that, um, Reed sort of like shuffles the papers that he's organised out after taking some notes uh, back into like a vague semblance messy pile um, as, as he found it. Uh, Marcus, you fold the piece of paper and place it back on the floor um, just by the door. And uh, Wilfred, you actually keep hold of that... Um, that little notebook because it seems as though it's been forgotten underneath the bed anyway um, okay and you pop it that but the rest of you sort of not like literally retrace retrace your steps backwards out of the room but you sort of make sure you know that things look vaguely how they were when you got there um, as you get outside uh, Reed pulls the door to um, Craster you use your picks to, to relock the door is that a thing you can do? Yeah, you can lock a door with picks. I guess, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, I think it's much harder to do, but it does work. And uh, with that, you uh, you five make your way back out onto the street. Reed calls over Adams, and you make your way to the local police station. I mean, I feel like we got people. I mean, what time is it roughly around now? It's probably um, late afternoon. Okay, so we've got time to get a bit of info before before they, they have their meeting. Yep. Um, so you, uh, you, the, the six of you, arrive at the police station, and uh, Reed goes up to the uh, the on duty officer and starts asking some questions. Um, and he comes back to you and says, uh, I think I may have a lead gentleman. Um, just got some maps we want to, want to have a look at. Uh, they're going to set up in the back room for us, if you'd like to come through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, as, as Reese said, in the back room is a map of the local area and a couple of rail yards. One is a maintenance yard. Uh, one is like a, a halt, like just, just, just where they um, leave the trains when they're not in service. Um, and Reed takes out a pencil and marks roughly uh, where West Road is on the map. And uh, you all study study the map. What? How best to put this? I think I'll leave it to you as to where the um, which rail yard you'd rather go for. What do you what do you gentlemen see when you look at the map? I mean, do you see anything on there? I mean, it's essentially like a like a, a standard street map with the layouts. Whichever whichever one seems to be like the least popular rail. Like you know, there'll be like the the East Croydon and the West Croydon kind of thing. Yeah. So whichever one is like the, the, the quieter, less likely to have a bunch of people around in the evening rail yard. Probably smaller if they're just doing a meetup of some kind. 
Or would I, it be the opposite? Well, here's the thing. I imagine that whatever they're doing, Monroe is moving these cases of apparently people on, on rails. He can't be doing it by, you know, much elsewhere. They get here on, then he gets them onto trains and they off they go. So it would be the one that's the most industrial rather than just like a normal train station. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Imagine I said that in Marx's voice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, then, what people? What do you? <laughs> oh, 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 uh. All right, Doc. So, like I said, there's a bit of a. We are on an investigation to save missing persons. We have come up against some rather unsightly, uh, unseemly fellows, and that's uh, probably the best you need to know until, uh, for now, for your own safety and sanity. I reckon. Uh, okay. I look over at Reed and I'm like shrugging. <laughs> He's new. Reed back and just sort of uh, nods. <laughs> and he, he looks at the map and says, well, going by your deductions there, uh, Sergeant, I would hazard a guess the maintenance yard is where we need to be at 11 o'clock. And he pulls out his pocket watch and says, mm, half five. Well, we have a few hours to kill before then. Um, I don't know about you, gentlemen, but I, I would quite like to have something to eat. I'm absolutely uh, starving. That is a fantastic idea, sir. Go down the pub. Yeah, Mark, press your side and go, listen, it's been a long day. Last time I let you in the pub, you uh, played a bit of the fool. Let's have no more of that, eh? Roll a dodge. What, to be... To be <laughs> have someone put their hand on your shoulder? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone reaches out, like, no! <laughs> <laughs> like, Mark is friendly. Like, he likes the guys. Obviously, they've all been through the same shared trauma. So he's like, look, just don't, don't ask him. Don't, don't make an arse of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> he's like grabbing him. Like, I'll drive him. So. You're, like, you're like an old married couple. It's like, you never take me anywhere nice anymore. Because <laughs> you keep making a fool of yourself. <laughs> yeah. Wanders out of the pub. Look at the state. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, with that, you um, you all head down to the uh, the local police pub. Well, the pub that the police frequent. You'll have uh, a very hot, hearty meal of uh, of uh, steak and alpies with uh, mashed potatoes, boiled vegetables, uh, some nice uh, liquor. To go on them as well, and uh, uh, Marcus, you have your uh, glass of milk, while the others have their uh, their spirits and beers. And uh, soon enough, it rolls around to about half ten, and uh, Reed uh, motions to the group that it's probably time to make a move and uh, head to the rail yard. It's about a twenty-minute walk from the from the pub that you're at, so it will be a brisk walk to make sure you get there in time and get yourselves in position. Doesn't give you much time, but it's still it's still in walking distance. Do you all still have your weapons? Of yeah. course. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So yes, you you all make your way to the rail yard. As you enter, you can see the um the tracks that connect up then to the main railway. And there are some sort of uh, shunted cargo carriages 
that are in the rail yard. You can see there's a maintenance shack where they uh, roll the trains in on the tracks and uh, and also the, the carriages and do work on them. And there is a workman in there at the moment uh, with a light on. He seems to be working away in the back and you can hear him sort of whistling and banging away on the uh, on the cast iron wheels that, uh, that are stacked in the back of the shop. You can see that there's a mound of gravel about halfway into this yard that then has like a clearing around it and some overturned what looked to be like the old coal carts that you'd have in a in a um in a mine uh which would give you a relatively good hiding place to uh sort of nestle behind and uh also give you a good view of anything that's going on around you except for one area where there's a carriage just on one of the tracks that juts out and just obscures your view only slightly but it's still probably the best place for this view of the clearing in the middle of the yard what would you uh what would you for like to do um is there anywhere crafter could climb up and get a better view because most people don't tend to look up too much um, like a water tower or a crane that he could just sort of be on top of no no, all, all there are a, car a couple of carriages that are a fair distance away. Um, as I say, this mound is sort of like grit and some of the old um, mining carts, I guess they are, mining carriages, wherever they are, the little, the little train carriage thingies. And then the shack. Oh, coal buffers or something like that is what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, it's clear we've got to go and hide behind, well, hide behind these carts then. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. so is it worth doing a like? Uh, no, it wouldn't be worth doing a spot hidden to see if there's anything else with there. No, I don't think we want to go to let ourselves by talking to that guy either. Yeah, no, that's fine. Ignore that. Reed and Adams make their way into the um, into the workman shack, and for a moment you hear the banging stop, uh, and then it starts up again, um, and they seem to have taken position in in the in the shack at sort of like. I guess it's about thirty yards away from where from where the mound of grit is. As you four make your way around to the grit and sort of like get yourselves comfortable, uh, Marcus, you pull out your pocket watch and you see that the uh, the hour hand is about to tick over to eleven o'clock. And as it does, you can hear the church bells in the distance uh, ring out eleven. And so the wait begins. About five minutes pass, and uh, a little concern seems to come over the group as to whether the note uh, was found by Munro, or maybe they've chosen the wrong place. A few more minutes pass, and then you begin to hear uh, footsteps on gravel, and from behind one of the carriages into the clearing, you see a man in a cape and a top hat uh, step out and sort of stop nearly dead in front of you um, with his back to you. And uh, you can see he's fiddling around in his pocket and uh, you notice the glint of a pocket watch. And you can see he's looking at the time and he puts it back in his pocket and he seems to be restless. And then a couple of minutes after that, you hear some footsteps coming from the other side of the rail yard these are softer it's a little further away but they get louder as they 
crunch on the gravel. And then this person just stopped out of eyeline of the group, just behind the carriage. Can you all do a listen roll for me, please? Oh, God. Wish me luck. Have I ever passed a listen roll ever? Hey. Oh, hey, God. 19. Oh, oh massive failure. <laughs> uh, uh. My arm hurts a lot. <laughs> I'm so bad at listening, I can't even find it. <laughs> it's like right next to lockpick. Yeah, in the middle. Yeah, that, that, that's why it's right next to something. That would also explain the terrible lockpicks. Oh, damn. Everyone oh. Nice. Wow. What? So we've got hard what? success on Wilfred, 18 to 60. Uh, success, 19 to 20 on Doc Odd. Wow. That was a close one. And a hard success on Craster with a 9 versus 20. Okay. Um, Doc, you can kind of hear um, two men talking. One uh, the man standing closest to you with his back seems to be slightly aggravated, but you can't really hear what he's saying. Craster and Wilfred, on the other hand, you seem to be picking up on parts of the conversation. From the sound of the voice, the man closest to you with his back to you is Monroe. And he seems to be talking uh, with a lot of anger in his voice about some of the recent murders and other recent events. Um, it's as if he's questioning the uh, other person he's talking to across the clearing. You hear uh, the words ritual. You definitely hear the words symbols and runes. And also something in there about a summoning. And you can you can see that uh, Monroe's uh, right hand is, is clenched in a fist so you can see whatever's going on he's, he's very angry about it and uh, a couple of extra minutes seem to pass and it looks as though the meeting is over and Monroe turns completely around and at this point you can actually see his face he hasn't seen you but you can see him and he appear, as he starts to walk away what would you like to do. What, what did the other voice sound like? I mean, like Marcus couldn't hear him either, but was it a voice that we recognised, basically? Hmm. Wilfred and Craster, you could barely pick up on the voice, but it did sound like someone who... Uh, it did sound like a learned man, but you couldn't really hear what they were saying. It was like you could hear one side of the conversation. It's definitely not Hamish, then. I think you would have noticed the trail of slime following him. Yeah. Hamish is not a slimy guy. He looks like a slimy guy. He's like moist. <laughs> he's a moist. He's, he's a very moist. moist. Yeah, he's a moist. Yeah. He's a moist chap. Yeah. Moist man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a little moist man. He's cut. He's turned around. We can see his face. Does his face look different in any way from normal? Like, does he look like he's? He he looks very serious. Okay, he doesn't look. Has and he's on his own now. Yeah. Right. Uh, Right, question. As it's breaking, like, could I attempt to stealth over there and get a look at the other guy? Yes, that would be good. Uh, yep, roll a stealth. Whoa. Oh! Hey. Ah, uh, is a ninja, at least. Cresta, you, um... With your successful 56 versus 70, you make your 
way around the mound, making sure you stay out of the eye line of uh, Mumro, who just seems to be standing there for a second, uh, cleaning his glasses. Um, as you start to dart around the carriage, what what are the rest of you doing? Are you guys just sitting there, just I, um, I feel oh. like Sorry, go on. we need to be tracking Monroe. Yeah, I feel like I really want to chase down Monroe on this. Maybe so not chase him down just yet. I mean, are you going to like jump out and apprehend him, or are you literally yeah, going to? Like, it's it's so close. He's so close. He's on his own. You just do you want to jump out for him? I'm going to jump out for him. Yeah. Well, are we going to wait till? Hmm. Are we just going to watch him until? Well, Anyone can stop Marcus. Marcus is obviously like bristling, getting ready to strike. So if anyone wants to put a hand in shot for me, he can. I'm just gonna pop. I'm just gonna like stop you just for a second until we see. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on Monroe, um, but at least until we get an eye on this other person. Um, yeah, we need to know fully what's going on here. We need to yeah. know who this other person is. It could be could be Ratman again. He's right there. Yeah. Well, Bang! a gunshot rings out from behind Monroe. And a spurt of blood shoots out of his mouth as he drops to his knees. What? And with a look of dread in his eyes from the light, just drops face first into the gravel. Thank you for listening to episode 19 of Spectre in the Fog, A Trail of Breadcrumbs. Music used in this episode was Abandoned Windmill from TabletopAudio.com. I'd just like to say a big thank you to Pan over at the Cosmopunk podcast, aka Marcus, who stepped up and lent a massive hand editing this week's episode. You can go check those guys out at Cosmopunks on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, you can come check us out at SpectreFog and maybe drop us a message. Or, alternatively, check us out on Facebook at SpectrePod. As always, thank you for listening and keep investigating.